0: As we're talking about our vision this morning, the the message title that we're going to have this morning is called Powerful Prayers, Powerful Prayers, and the Lord started giving me this message a couple of weeks ago. I thought I was preaching it last week, but he had other plans. Powerful Prayers, and we're going to start our sermon this morning, our message this morning with a verse that a lot of us have read, a lot of us probably can quote out of Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. And I like what the NLT did. They uh, they really got this this uh, translation correct and got it down to where it's understandable. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So I really love the way it starts out. Keep on asking. That's what this when you go back and read the Greek on this, that's what it means. You don't just ask once you walk away. Sometimes you have to ask over and over. You know, it has been said, you know, well, I've I've come down for prayer, for healing, or I've come down for prayer for some other situation so many times. I just don't know if I want to. Well, no, you keep on, keep on coming down. You keep on asking for prayer. You keep on asking God for that need. You go, you know, well, I haven't, I haven't got an answer. Maybe he's not gonna answer it. No, he's gonna answer it. You just need to keep on asking. Don't stop asking. But when we talk about powerful prayers, how do we have powerful prayers? And our number one that we're gonna start with is be righteous. Be righteous. That's our first point. Be righteous is, is the first thing that we wanna look at. James 5 and verse 16 says this right here. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Be righteous. You know, people like to pray. They all oh, well, I'm praying. I'm praying for this to happen. And, and you've probably met them on the street. I know Connie meets a lot of them when she wants to pray. Would you like me? Well, I, I know how to pray. Well, I've been praying for this, but it's not happening. Well, one of the reasons it doesn't happen, one of the reasons our prayers are not powerful is we're not righteous. You know, anybody can pray a prayer, anybody. And they can pray to anybody they want to. They can even pray to God and never hear it. But, but when we are righteous, so how do we become righteous? Well, the first thing is, the first thing that we have to realize is that we can't be righteous on our own. We can strive for it, we can say, Oh, I'm righteous. No, you're not righteous. You are made righteous through Jesus, through your relationship with Jesus, through the blood that was shed on the cross, through his death and burial, death, burial, and resurrection. That's how we become righteous. We can't be we can't become righteous on our own. We can't do enough good stuff to be righteous. We can't act good enough. You want know why? Because we have something that is called sin nature. We are born into sin nature, and we have to have something that is more powerful than the sin nature take over our lives to make us righteous. And so we need to let him take control of us and do what he's supposed to do in our lives to make us righteous. Uh, We have to let Jesus change us. And one of the things, one of the ways that we do that is we have to confess our sins, he said there at the first of that, everybody likes to go, uh, we, we quote that scripture. Well, the effectual, I'll, I'll quote it in, I think this is King James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. But we don't want to quote the, the per, first part of that scripture. And it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can be healed. So he says, wait a minute, you've got things in your life that's going on. He says, confess those things. Get those things out. Are you struggling with something? You know, this is the great thing about Unlimited is we are a church and we are a body that is a safe place for you to to be prayed for and to confess to somebody else what's going on. You know, last last Sunday morning, I think some of the women were confessing some things. I'm not saying they were sin, but they were confessing some things together after church was over with. They had this little impromptu women's meeting in the middle of, of, of the sanctuary, Sad that you weren't here, but it was great. But it just this impromptu women's meeting, and and they were confessing some things that were on their heart in their life, and that they needed prayer for. See, part of this is just sometimes you got to confess what you need prayer for. All right, you got to confess it. So so it's you want to be righteous, but you've got to. How do you make yourself righteous? You've got to get these things and say, hey, I can't do this on my own i got to let some of this go. I've got to tell somebody else what's going on in my life. Great things are happening. Great things are going to happen in you when you get to that point. You go, well, nobody wants to hear what I'm going through. No one wants to hear my problems. No one wants to hear, well, you know what? I trip up. I mess up all the time. And if somebody finds out that I'm not perfect, that I had sinned a little bit, then they're going to think differently about me. That may be true in other places. That ain't true here. Because when you're a family, you're able to come together and you're able to say, I struggle with this. I have to confess this to you because I want my prayers to be answered. You notice he, he even attaches this. He says, confess your sins and pray so that you will be healed. People go, well, why am I not being healed? Sometimes we need to ask, God, what in me is not like you? What is going on in me that is not like you that is hindering your healing in my body. So we have to confess our sins to be righteous, and we got to be open with each other in the process. So number one is be righteous. How do we have powerful prayers? Number two, be humble and do what God asks of you. Be humble and do what God asks of you. So let's read here. 2 Kings chapter 5, starting in verse 4 through verse 6. And then verse 19 through verse 14. Here's what it says. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet. The king of Aram told him, I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter, Letter. I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. And then jump to verses nine through 14. He says, so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farfar, Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? so should certainly so you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured so naaman went down to the jordan river and dipped himself seven times as the man of god had instructed him and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed be humble and do what god asks of you notice something here he had to go down to the jordan And the Jordan was not a clean, beautiful, crystal, pristine river, all right? It was not a great place. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Why do I go down there? You know, uh, I don't recommend swimming in Lake Willestine. Lake Willestine is not just the most beautiful, pristine lake out there, okay? I'm not saying it's bad. It's pretty when you're but getting down in it, it's muddy and it's yucky. There's some lot, a lot nicer lakes in this in this state that we could go to to swim in if you're going to do that. But he says, "Listen, you're you're wanting to send me to the Jordan, isn't there a couple other rivers that are a lot cleaner and a lot nicer that I could go to? You want me to go to a dirty river and get in this dirty river? Now, notice another thing is that when he came to the prophet, he brought all kinds of gifts to the prophet. He brought Tons of money, tons of wealth to the prophet. Here you go, I want to be healed. We cannot buy our healing. We can't buy the prayers. You know, there's some teaching out there that says, well, you know, if you will send in $1,000 and I'll pray over this and this will happen. Let me tell you something, that's not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. Now, if God tells you to give $1,000, then you give $1,000. But, but you, somebody can't tell you, you do this and then God's going to do that. You can't buy your healing. You receive your healing because of your obedience and your humility in that. You receive your answer to your prayer because of your obedience and your humility when asking that prayer. Now, you want to be what? You want to be faithful. You want to be faithful to the Lord. You want to have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. You, you want to be giving to the Lord of your tithes. You want to be confessing your sins to the Lord. You want to be doing those things, right? We want to be doing those things. But that doesn't answer your prayers. That's just showing obedience to what God has already asked you to do. But instead, we have to come with humility, and we got to say, you know what, God, what are you wanting me to do? And I will do that because I know that if I'm obeying you and doing that, my prayers will be answered. You see, a lot of times we're like Naaman because we get so upset. Well, God, why would you have me do that? Why That's not me. Let me tell you something. I, I may have said this last week. I prayed when we came to this city. I says, Lord, I believe you have called us to Maumel, Arkansas. And, Lord, we don't really have a way of, of, you know, it's not the cheapest place to live, especially if you want a decent house to house seven people. But I says, Lord, I will live in a shack if that's what you want me to do because I just want to do what you've called me to do in Maumel. I says, but, God, you do know if I live in a shack that people in Maumel ain't going to listen to me. <laughs> they ain't going to have much to do with me. Like, What's this guy doing living over here in a shack? I don't want to go to his church. But the thing is, the, the point is, is that I was t- telling the Lord, Lord, I don't care what it is. I just want my prayers answered, and my prayers are, that you would plant a church in in Maumel with me as the pastor and that we would reach people. That's my prayer, and I believe that's your desire. And I will do it, and I will go, and I will do whatever I've got to do. If you got, need me to fix a house up, I'll fix a house up. If you need me to rent an apartment, I'll rent, a, rent an apartment. But, God, I want to do what you want me to do. That doesn't make me great or awesome because I've, I'm sure there's been plenty of times that I could give you stories where I've struggled just as Naaman did where I says, God, I've done all this. Have you ever thought about that? God, I've done all this. And you still haven't done what I need to do. Lord, I have given, I've given, I've given, I've went, I've gone. And Lord, this prayer over here isn't answered. And the Lord said, I need you to do this over here. But God, I've already done all this. Just like Naaman. i brought all this stuff, and now you want to send me down. He didn't even really want to go dip into any river, period. What did he say? He says, I just figured you could stretch your hand out over me and I'd be healed. We're always looking for the instant answer, right? I've been talking about we live in an instant society. We're always looking for an instant answer. God, I want your instant answer right now. I've done all my part. Now give me my answer. And sometimes we got to stop and listen to the voice of the Lord and say, and when he's saying it. And sometimes we just block that out because we kind of hear that. God wants us to do that. Maybe God wants us to go witness to somebody, and we're like, no, God, send Connie. She's better at that than I am. I don't know that person, <laughs> but Connie will go talk to him. Christy will go talk to him. Don't send me, God, please. Send somebody else. And God's saying, no, 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 I'm sending you. I want you to go do this. Whatever that situation is. So in our prayers, for our prayers to be powerful, we have to be humble and do what God asks of us to do. Number three, believe that God can answer your prayers. Now, this sounds elementary, my dear Watson. It's not elementary. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need you to say go. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And then verse 13, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home because you believed it has happened. And this young servant was healed that same hour. Now, I want you to to notice something here that Jesus said, I have not seen faith in all of Israel like this man right here. Now, the twelve disciples are following Jesus around. All these other people are seeing him do these miracles. And this guy walks up and he is a Roman. He's not a Jew, you know. He's a Roman. He's he's got authority. He's got, he even said, I've got authority. And he comes up and he says, I know that you have the power to heal but without even being there. All you've got to do is speak and it will happen. It is very difficult for us as human beings a lot of times to believe that God can answer your prayer. It's one thing to pray the prayer and say, God, you know, I really need this. I really need another car. I really need a different job. Lord, I really need this healing in my body. Lord, it's, but to believe it, it's one thing to ask for it, but to believe that he's gonna do it. You want your prayers answered, you've gotta believe. This guy came up here and he was his, his servant was restored and healed because he had belief that Jesus was gonna do it, period. It wasn't because Jesus touched the guy, it wasn't because he dragged the guy in front of him and maybe if maybe if he touches him, maybe he'll be, no, he believed that it was gonna happen and Jesus said, you've got the faith, it's gonna happen, it's it's gonna happen. And immediately that person was healed. You've gotta believe, when you ask, ask the Lord, believe that he will answer your prayer. He is a God, he says, hey, listen, if you remember the scripture that I quote a lot, he says, if you, wicked as you are, would give good gifts to your children, how much more would the father not do for you? You gotta believe he will do it. Number four, believe that God, um, excuse me, number five, where was I at? Believe that God, well, I I got off there. So we're gonna continue to, to preach here. I'll just move around. So believe that God, this was hard when I was writing this down, believe that God can answer your prayer and believe that God will answer your prayer. So I gave you a little bit of that. Let me give you a little bit more here so I can tie this together. So believe that he can answer your prayer. You've got to believe that God is able to answer your prayer and you've got to believe that he will answer your prayer. Now, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. You get that? She didn't get better. She got worse. She had heard about Jesus, so, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Now, the story of this lady is, Jesus is on his way to pray for a child. And the child is the leader's child, of the, the leader of the synagogue, it's his child, an important man. Here's a woman who spent everything, so she's poor. She spent everything that she's had trying to get better, and she just continually has gotten worse. And so she said, I don't care that Jesus is on a journey and walking to somebody important's house, the leader of the synagogue. See, a lot of of us would, would have said, Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of this. I don't think that I should even ask. Have you ever thought that? Maybe you've said that. I don't think I should ask God to do this because I'm not really worthy. I've done I've done some stupid stuff, or maybe you were told when you were younger you weren't smart, you weren't intelligent, you couldn't do something. And you're like, eh, I'm not gonna ask God. But this woman said, No, 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 no. I know that if I can just get to Jesus, that I'll be healed. She didn't even have to talk to him. If I can just touch him, I will be healed. I will be healed. We have got to start looking at ourselves and saying, "Hey, God will do it for me." I know God can do it for me. I got okay, I got through that, all right? Just like the the man who came for his servant. Oh God, Jesus, you can do it all. I, all you got to do is say the word. And we believe that. We we asked we're living a righteous life. What we talked about earlier. We we're living a righteous life, and then we're, we're humble, and, and we're doing what God's asked us to do. And then we believe that He can answer our prayer. But then we just like, but I don't know that He will answer my prayer, because I just, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know that it's important enough to Him. But what I say, He's a good God, and if He, if He, if we do good things for our children. He wants to do even more for us to the point that he said he, he wants to give us the Holy Spirit to comfort us and be with us at all times, always with us. We have to believe that God cares and wants to answer our prayers and that he will do it. We got to get past ourselves and past, past the doubt about ourselves. Any of you find that it's easier to pray for somebody else's miracle than it is to pray for your own miracle? Somebody needs to be healed. Oh, I could pray for them to be healed. I need to be healed. I ain't gonna say a word because I just don't. I, I just don't know. When we talked about confessing earlier, it comes down to this right here. Maybe this is where you need to confess and say, "I just, God, I just don't even." I doubt sometimes that you will do it for me. I know you can, but I doubt that you will do it for me. And will you take that out of me? And that will you put inside of me that I am a child of the king, that I am a child of God, as Elise was talking about last Sunday morning, that we're a child of God and that he wants to do great things for us. And when we ask him, he's listening to us. He's listening to us. And he cares about our prayers, and he cares about your tears. He cares about it when you're going through a difficult time in your life. He cares, and he will, and he wants to do that for you. Doesn't matter if somebody else is in front of you. Doesn't matter if they are better, what you consider better than you are. Oh, well, they've done more for God than me, so they deserve it. No, 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 no. Jesus said to even the children, suffer the children to come to me. When When the apostles were like, don't even, no, 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 keep those kids back. No, 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 let them come to me. I wanna hold them. I wanna talk to them. And it's the same way with us. If we'll come to the Lord like a child, like a child. Harmony put on her list of things that she wanted for her birthday, And she wanted a Fitbit, and she wanted an MP3 player, and this, that, and the other. And then when she got it, she's like, oh. Number one, Harmony has asked for like two or three years for this stuff, you know, and she never got it. So we go back to our first scripture, ask, and keep on asking and asking and asking. And then she got it. You know, she said, she goes, well, I put it down, but I didn't think I would get it. I didn't think I would. I've always, I've asked them a bunch of times, and I never got it, so I didn't figure I'd get it. That's the, but that's the attitude we take as a child is that, hey, I'm just going to keep on asking, and maybe it'll happen. Hey, we just got to keep on asking God and, and believing that, yeah, I, I deserve it. There's a reason I'm asking, because I do deserve it, and he will do it for me. When, I don't know, but he will do it for me. We've got to get past past our doubt in ourselves so that God can do amazing things in our prayer life. When we come to prayer on a Sunday night, we've got to get past the doubt that, well, it's just another time to come to church. Just like last Sunday. Everybody who came last Sunday was ready for something to happen. I think if everybody that was here last Sunday raised your hand, you would say, no, I was ready for something to happen last Sunday. Yeah, Right. Everybody came ready for something to happen. When we come anticipating that God will do it, we know he can do it, but he will do it, then it doesn't just become another church service because it's like, no, 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 it's going to happen. When we come on a Sunday morning and God will do it. Listen, I don't come to church on a Sunday morning. You know, Sax asked this morning, well, how, much, uh, how many uh, cups do I need to fill up? I says, well, fill up more than what we normally have because I always want to prepare because I expect more things, I expect more people to show up through the door. And I don't know what day that's going to be, but I don't want it to be that day that I'm taking communion and giving communion, and then we go, well, we ran out of communion cups. Just put a few extra in there, we could drink it down. We'll be all right. We need to expect. We need to walk in expecting. And when we go in our own prayer time at home, you've got to go in that prayer time expecting God is listening, and he can do it, and he will do it. Because he loves me. Number five, last one. Number five. The last thing, the hardest thing, is we go through the first four and we go, yes, God, I've confessed. Yes, God, I've humbled myself. I'm in a righteous point in my life. I believe you can do it. I know that you can do it. I know that you can and that you will do it for me. But then we do all that and then we worry. Then we worry. So, number five, don't worry, but seek God's will above all else. How do we not worry? We seek God's will above all else. That's what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Capitalize all. A L L. All. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you. You See that? He will give you everything that you need. Everything. Powerful prayers, seek him. When you've asked and you believed, what where I go now? Seek God. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. You've done your part. You know that you're going to keep on asking, if you, but don't worry about it. He didn't say ask and worry about, who oh, God, is God going to do it? Is he not going to do it? I don't know. Is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I'm not sure. I hope it happens. I just, Oh. Put an application in, put a resume in for a job a week ago. Monday night, stayed up late, put this application, put this resume in. Now, I could go through every day and go, man, I haven't received an email. I haven't received an email. I haven't received a response. They even they got my email. Oh, my goodness. I just don't know. And I, well, you know, maybe my resume is not good enough. Maybe this, that, and the other, and da, 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 you know. Or you could go, listen, I've humbled myself. I'm living the way God wants me to live. I believe he can do it. I believe he will do it. I'm not going to worry about it because now I'm just seeking God above everything else, because I know that he will give me everything that I need. And whether that thing I was praying for, I need it or not, maybe I think I need it, and maybe I don't need it. One person that, that I think of is Phyllis. Phyllis was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago. And she says, I, I don't want to do the all the surgery and stuff. Sometimes we as the people on the other side worry about that person more than they do because we go, man, they need surgery and they're in bad shape. And, you know, she says, no, no, I don't want to do surgery. God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. You never heard her worry. You never heard her when the doctor's like, this is bad, we can't do anything. She went to the naturalist doctor in in Dallas. Christy took her there. And you don't want to know something? He says, we can't do anything for you. Too far gone, pretty much is what they said. At this point, there's nothing we can do for you. And we heard the testimony a couple months ago. She goes in, the doctor says, I don't know what happened. There's nothing there. When you talk to Phyllis, you never heard her worry. I don't know if God's gonna do it. I hope God does it. I prayed it. I know he can do it. I know he will do it. But I just don't know. What is it gonna be like? Am I gonna have a lot of pain and this and that and the other? Well, wait a minute. Our worry turns into doubt. Our worry starts to conflict with the other things that we just talked about. But we just got to seek the will of God, seek what he has above all else, seek his kingdom above all else and say, God, no matter what else happens in my life, I just know you're going to take care of it. And you are going to give me everything that I need. And Lord, if it doesn't matter where i where I park it doesn't matter where I live it doesn't matter what job I'm at I know you will give me everything that I need because you've already done it and you continue to do it and if I look back over everything God you've always taken care of me no it's not always been easy it's been rough at times but you've always taken care of me we cap off we cap it off with with this because when we talk about powerful prayers We've got to get the worry away, otherwise we derail the rest of it. And I want you to walk in a worry-free life. That's what I want you to walk in. It's difficult, it's difficult. Listen, I live in the same world you live in, okay? And I put my my pants on one leg at a time every morning, okay? Um, but I want, you to, I want you to walk in a worry-free life, understanding God has got this. Just as the centurion came, he said, Jesus, you got it. Just say it, and he's healed. Just as the woman, she wasn't worrying. She didn't say, well, I hope when I touch his garment that this is going to happen. If I can just touch it, it will happen. It doesn't matter where he's headed. It doesn't matter. I just got to touch his garment. You see what happens? You turn that worry into a supernatural belief that Jesus is all I need. His kingdom is all I want in this world. What, is this, what did he say when you pray? Your kingdom come, your will be done here as it is in heaven. And I know, God, that I'm part of your kingdom, that and, I, and esta- you're establishing your kingdom on earth through other Christians just like me, and I want your will to be done in my life, and I'm not going to worry about it because this prayer is going to be answered and I'm going to keep on asking until it does happen. I'm going to be harmony. I'm just going to ask and ask and ask, and maybe eventually you'll give it to me, but I'm just going to keep on asking. You know, sometimes I think God goes, you don't have to have it. You can live without it, but I'll give it to you anyway. I love you. I'll give it to you anyway. That's the kind of God that we serve. Let's pray, can we? This morning, let's pray. Powerful prayers. Powerful prayers this